Welcome back to the Intersection Podcast at Scheller College of Business. This is still Jasmine Howard, and we're going to go over part two of our episode on entrepreneurialism. It's a mouthful, and we're going to say it over and over again in this episode. So for part two, we have Sawyer Williamson here, who is one of our executive MBA students. Uh, Sawyer, thanks for being here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so I am involved with an organization, a family organization, called Williamson Brothers Barbecue. Um, my father and my uncle started what really the, the core of the, the organization is a restaurant business. So they started the restaurant in 1990. They had grown up in central Alabama with not much to do, um, not a lot of people that live there, and had um, came over to Georgia in the late 80s just serendipitously. It was in the time that Atlanta was growing really rapidly, and they had um, essentially were looking for a restaurant. They exited, it was their first trip over, they exited off of a random uh, exit off of 75 and <laughs> found a vacant building. And uh, we were living in a trailer park at the time in Anniston, Alabama. They came back, they called on it, ended up leasing it, uh, moving my, my mother, myself, my brother, my cousin all over. Uh, four of us lived in a one bedroom apartment. Um, they started the restaurant, it was pretty slow for a few years. Um, and then around the mid-90s, it kind of started to pick up steam. We started to do stuff for the Braves, um, doing stuff for WSB, and doing a lot of caterings for Lockheed Martin, Dobbins Air Force Base, mm-hmm. which is also in Marietta. And the, the location of the restaurant was in Marietta. I don't think I was explicit about that. But um, we also started doing a lot of catering, and then we also started packaging some of the products from the restaurant in, uh, and selling it into grocery stores, which was um, – not not a lot of restaurants do that. Yeah. So now we we essentially sequentially um, by the late 2000s we had started the second location. We've broken the catering out into a standalone facility, and then um, we started a third a few years after that. So this is m- 2003. Uh, we've broken the sauce out into or the the consumer packaged goods segment. We call it, it's kind of sauce for short because that's the primary skew we make. Um, into a standalone facility. So today the footprint is similar to what it was in about 2007 in that we have a 25,000 square foot, we have uh, five businesses. We're opening the sixth in, um, in actually spring of this next year. But our five core businesses are uh, the three restaurant locations. We have one in Marietta, one in Canton, one in Douglasville. We have a fourth business, which is a 16,000 square foot a catering facility. We're one of the largest caterers in Atlanta now. We just got listed on Atlanta wow. Business Chronicles uh, top 20 caterers. And then the fifth business is an FDA approved food manufacturing facility. Um, we manufacture food product uh, and spices for about 2,000 grocery stores and about 500 restaurants. So some of the primary customers there are Walmart, Kroger, Publix, Whole Foods, Sam's Club, um, basically any grocery store in this area we're in. Um, and we make a variety of products for them as well. If you go into a, one of the most notable customers we have is if you go into Whole Foods on the hot bars, which mm-hmm. everybody likes Whole Foods hot bars if you've been oh, in yeah. one. It's our barbecue sauce and spice that's found on the hot bar. And then also within their meat departments, if you go in, a lot of the rubs that they use are one of our rubs that we make for them. Great. That's a lot of growth in, <laughs> in a lot of different areas that, you know, that obviously there's that, that through line of barbecue and food, but I know it's very different operating all those different business lines. But starting back in the beginning, you grew up in this. And so I'm sure kind of that entrepreneurial bug bit you whether you wanted to or not. As a child, it sounds like if you're around all these things, can you tell me about that experience and um, kind of growing up and seeing how a family business operates? Yeah, for us, it was, um, it was so key to 
um, you know, our livelihood was, you know, the success of the yeah. restaurants, all we had, you know, my dad and mom both came from some very humble beginnings. Um, and, uh, so it was, it was everything to us to see it succeed. And then as it started to take off, it, it became pretty addicting. You know, you wanted to double down and we got into budgets and we got into financials and we, uh, you know, began to kind of figure out how to master the business. So from a young age, I remember counting change for people, uh, counting back change, you know, six, seven years old, mm-hmm. uh, doing the money for our servers and, um, getting a little bit older and, and kind of having these, these weird type of functions throughout the uh, business that you wouldn't expect a 10 year old to do, you know, uh, not from like a forced labor standpoint, but just <laughs> more like, you know, financial type stuff. And, um, and just having a mind for that, you know, what it took to make a profit and understanding the components of the business and what were the drivers of success and failure. And we felt a lot, we had, a uh, Several restaurants we started over the years that we ended up um, closing. We had at one time uh, Los Hermanos, which is a Mexican restaurant. It means uh, it was actually Dos Hermanos, so it was two brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's none of those anymore, so you would know that, that that wasn't successful. We had a, a catfish cabin, too, um, that didn't take off. But um, So it was some success and some failures, but it's you know, and not necessarily addicting as much as it is. It's just, you kind of just get into the pursuit of doing better and better and progressing and, you know, growing. That's the the best part about it. Yeah. So I want to come back to kind of those maybe strategic decisions about what to pursue and what not to pursue. Sounds like if you've added some variety with restaurants in the past, but moving forward kind of through your life, when you were looking at undergrad and in college, what, what were you wanting to pursue to either you know, step away from the family business at that time or help um, continue furthering it? Yeah, so I was, uh, when we were kids, we were huge Alabama football fans. So when I was in uh, high school, I'd applied to Georgia and uh, um, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, didn't apply to Georgia Tech, but in Alabama. And I got into Alabama right around the time that Nick Saban was, uh, became a head football coach there. So I hate to say that I made my undergraduate decision because of that. It wasn't purely because of that. <laughs> Alabama was growing as an undergraduate institution, but that is where I went to and got my undergrad. And it was a great university. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, the entrepreneurial bug had bit me. Mm-hmm. Um, my first business was when I was about 16 years old. I started selling koozies to bars and restaurants. My dad was my first customer. Um, <laughs> and then by the time I was in college, I was my freshman year in college, I started a, a clothing business. So we used to screen print t-shirts and sell them to fraternities and sororities. Um, I was in a fraternity myself and I saw how how crude it was to, in order to do that, the process that was involved in it, and then how much money they were getting for a, yeah. a screen printed t-shirts for events and different things. So me and a couple of buddies uh, spanned that together and we ended up doing almost half a million dollars in revenue over two years, which was great for being at school and being that age mm-hmm. and the experience that it brought with it. And then I also started another business, it was a, a small food trailer. I used to sell food outside of a uh, out of outside of the bars in uh, Tuscaloosa and so a lot of people that I associated with at the time they knew me as the person that would try to turn anything into a business but yeah. um, we ended up selling the clothing company I'd convinced myself by the time I was a senior I had kind of both of them going and that I wanted to uh, get back to Atlanta and try to grow up quick and get right into business and do something that was bigger. And man, I wish I'd stuck around for a few more years and had fun in Tuscaloosa because it was an, an incredible <laughs> place to be at that time. Definitely. So you're outfitting people in their, their shirts at the outset of the night and then feeding them at the close of the night. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They were wearing our t-shirts <laughs> and our hats and our shoes and our belts. And then, uh, yeah, we were feeding them cheeseburgers as well. So, you know, as they're walking the around life. downtown, yeah, it was, 
it was a it was a fun thing yeah so so how um what did you learn running those two org- operations in undergrad that what are some kind of key moments in that experience that you've come back to time and time again in your career um mine is uh was probably leverage we got a couple little small business loans when we were there doing it um whenever i go to develop stuff i'm very risk averse to that uh, i like the i think that uh, tony robbins says it um there's a couple you know the unsymmetrical risk or asymmetrical risk and that you know it has huge upside and very little downside so i think i carried that through as well and it's it's kind of a tenant of mine within entrepreneurship we do a lot of the stuff and you know even our like like our new business which i'll mention in a minute it's a, a wedding farm venue and uh, i'll go into detail in a minute and it is um it's it's based upon an asset we already hold and just kind of repurposing it so that was one thing i noticed you know we had gotten into well at one point we had a pretty stiff uh payment on our loan and it was like you know it kind of gone from having fun with it to well like kind of chasing it you know Mm -hmm. and and attempting to do it for the purpose of of growing it and kind of growing a little bit too quick and that's when that was one thing that i know and i took away as as something that I could be concerned about going in the future is don't do that to yourself. I don't, I don't really, we don't, we leverage very lightly now too, even though we have substantial business, we have, you know, almost 300 employees and, um, 70,000 square feet of food service, uh, facility under management. And we, we always, we tiptoe through that, the financing portion of it. Yeah. I think that's key to learn early on before it gets you once you've scaled too much. Yeah, definitely. So tell me, you come back to Atlanta, then what's next? Where what all back in the the family business, and I think you've had some other forays and other adventures in there too. Yeah, so I I came back to Atlanta, and um, like I'd said, it was I had the t-shirt company and the, the kind of the food truck, if you will, going in Tuscaloosa. I'd sold uh, both of those, or sold the t-shirt company, and then just kind of rolled the the food truck back to Atlanta, and um, immediately uh, worked for my dad for a few months, and then and got a job actually at a, another at the uh, intercontinental exchange okay so the parent company the new york stock exchange and worked in the operations team there um on on trade operations essentially overseeing the markets and i used to work at night um, from 12 a.m to 9 a.m was my shift every other week so one week Ooh. i would come in and work a day shift and then the next week we would work the night shift and we would oversee the the singapore uh, markets so it was a great experience to have at that time a, a very fast-paced uh technology company and uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed my coworkers. Enjoyed you know the learning opportunity. Um, we had a I worked there for about eleven months, and then I had a general manager at one of our facilities, one of my dad's companies. He was retiring, and so it was a good opportunity for me to jump into that. So I, I left there to go back and um, started essentially training beneath this guy within our uh, FDA facility, and worked with him for two years. Um, and then I took that over about two years ago, and I've been general managing that now. So my kind of official title now is I general manage the food manufacturing facility, and then I sit on the board of the directors of all of our other companies. Excellent. So it sounds, I would say, overseeing markets in Singapore is wildly different than food truck, T-shirts, barbecue. What led you, what drew you to that? Um we had it was actually the Jeffrey Sprecher had made the front cover of of a magazine. I'd like to say it was Fortune magazine. He's the CEO of Intercontinental Exchange, and I was blown away at the time in 2013 that the New York Stock Exchange had just been purchased and was owned by an Atlanta-based company. And I'm an Atlanta guy, so um, that was initially what drew me in. And I'd submitted, you know, applications to Home Depot and 
a lot of the other regional banks and you know just about everywhere you could and Atlanta was getting some traction amongst some places and then um, and then yeah I got a call back there and did a couple of stages of interviews and they offered that job to me so it was just kind of by happenstance and curiosity essentially that drew me into that and seeing him he had purchased the company and actually grown it from um, from very very small very little employees to what it is all in Atlanta and to hear his story and see his kind of uh, the way that he grew it, it was it, it drove drove my interest because that's something I you know I strive for is hopefully to be in that position one day you know yeah so you come back you're helping run the facility and on the board and then you've started your executive MBA here at Scheller College what kind of kicked off that decision and then how did you evaluate schools and uh, make your final pick yeah so we. Um, I was, you know, I got a couple mentors and a couple of people that I consult with whenever I'm making those kind of life decisions. And I remember looking at some of our goals, our annual goals within the company and dealing with some of the bigger clients we have and just seeing every year as we go to do things that we were falling a little short of our expectation. We had some pretty big expectations in terms of growth. And um, I think that the world of business today just requires a little bit more understanding and uh, study than it did, say, 10 or 20 or 30 years ago. So seen a lot of people getting their MBA, knew that there were some great universities nearby. Um, I had applied in, in, uh, to Emory and Georgia Tech with the two that I, that I was really sought out. Um, and then had my interview here and just kind of fell in love with the, the technical nature of the university, the history and the prestige of uh, the undergraduate engineering side and seeing Scheller come, you know, come together in the last 10 or 15 years and um, started talking to some of the faculty and kind of getting recruited a little bit by some of the existing students. Uh, one of the, the president of the full-time program now, Ian, he was one of my friends, mm-hmm. and uh, he was coming in at the same time I was. So um, it was really the first thing that drew me into it was it was a need to do some more study in business and because business is so complex now and there's so many moving parts and there's so many new um, foundational skills that you must possess in order to really advance. And so I wanted to come in for that that technical know-how and then um, since now that I've been here, I'm, you know, it's, I'm really connected with so many people. Uh, you can just make leap and leaps and bounds so quick because of the network that's here and the individuals and the, the companies that they work for, especially within the evening program. You know, people are going to work all day and they're coming mm-hmm. in at night and sharing those experiences. I mean, um, there's a couple examples maybe of, you know, being in a, in a team project with somebody and then just that conversation, you know, turning into a relationship and a friendship and then sharing insights and then, you know, me and going and doing something from course one night to uh, work the next day and just having huge impacts. So um, one of the best decisions I ever made to come get my executive MBA at Georgia Tech. That's great to hear. I am always very impressed by both the executive and the evening students, how y'all balance working full-time school, essentially full-time. Like, it, yeah, it's a part-time program, but the course load is still intensive, and it's the same um, core and core structure as the full-time program. How has shifting back into academia been for you, and then how do you prioritize all the different things you're juggling in your life? Um, yeah, time management is one of those skills. You know, I think that uh, Randy Zuckerberg's one of those ones that say now you have uh, family, you have sleep, you have friends, you have work, and then there's maybe one other, and you have to pick three. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, I, I feel like that's very true most of the time. Um, you know, a lot of my weekends when I, when I was working, and we're in the hospitality business, so we're working during the weekends most of the time anyways, but I've kind of gotten it uh, down to where, you know, I was doing the earlier shifts or the, you know, not working the entire weekend, or if I was, then I was had a day off. But now in being back in school, I mean, you're basically going seven days a week. So it's yeah. just a matter of being really mindful of 
um, the exertion and, you know, taking time whenever you get a chance, you know, if we get a week off then I'm, you know, I'm really relaxing at the point that I have some time off or if we get, you know, Christmas breaks coming up, if we get a Christmas break, I'm really focused on, um, my being during those times and mentally resetting. So doing a lot of things that I wouldn't have done otherwise, you know, I may just kind of, uh, used to just kind of go through the holiday and not really recognize and take inventory of, um, the way that I was resting, but now it's almost like, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but it's, it's almost like being an athlete of sorts, you know, mm-hmm. a mental athlete and that you have to really take in that time. If you ever get a weekend to where you don't have anything going on, you're, you're abs, you know, you're absolutely resetting, you know, you're doing, you're going hiking, you're going up to the North Georgia mountains, you're going to the lake and, uh, being with your family, or your friends, and it makes you appreciate it that much more. And I think that that is the level that I want to maintain after I get out of school mm-hmm. of activity. Um, just because I have that desire in order, you know, to go somewhere eventually with my career and, and my family's business. So, um, it's all a good thing, that conditioning, that mental conditioning. Oh, for sure. I think I even had a moment of that this past weekend, you know, we're wrapping up the semester finals. It's as we're recording this for the listeners, it's, it's reading day right before finals. But even this weekend had just a little breath and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna sit in this breath for a minute and not try to look at something and watch TV and talk to my husband and being on my phone because he doesn't like that anyway. So yeah, taking time and being intentional and kind of structuring what you're gonna do and then taking off the structure we don't really need to, it's important. So what have you taken so far or how far along into the program are you? I am in my, just uh, finished my first year and, and then, uh, so 1.5, my first year and then the first semester after my first year. So started in the fall of 2017 and uh, we're going into the spring of 2019 now. Yeah. Excellent. And what have you taken so far that you maybe have already used either things you've taken away from certain professors, team projects, new, I know we do a lot of hands-on software learning in our core classes. Um, what have you used so far? Um, everything from every course I've taken, all the foundational courses you take in the first year to a year and a half when you're in the evening program, uh, dependent upon your track. Um, it's, I mean, almost every, you know, um, every chapter of every every course I sit in, it, it's, it gets applied. You know, for some people, it's um, they're utilizing it to get upper mobility within their career. Um, you know, they really need the diploma that's important for them. For me, it's, it's really about the application of what I learned. So it's sometimes, um, you know, I'll, I'll take a slower semester if it's a really in-depth topic and, and really take it in because I'm not just attempting to get the grade. I'm, I really have to, for me, it's, it's only used and only good for what I, how I apply it. So um, it's all about the application for me, and I apply everything I learn here, um, going from uh, Debbie Turner's uh, accounting class. Um, you know, taking I took a lot of those financial, um, uh, both financial management um, uh, practices, and, and immediately implemented them in our business. Uh, a lot of that from from the data science classes immediately implemented some of those skills into the business. So. Just about every course I take, it's if, if there's some kind of foundational skill that's taught, um, the, the next day I'm going into work in, in the manufacturing business or hospitality business, I'm, I'm applying that skill. Excellent. And then kind of to thinking forward, you mentioned the new um, event space that you all are running and just the business as a whole. What's next on the horizon for you as a business? And then for you personally, you said sounds like you've got big ambitions. Yeah. Um, well, uh, the farm venue, the wedding venue, we just started the rezoning process last Thursday, actually. Uh, it's in Cherokee County. It's kind of centered in between, for people that know Atlanta, in between Roswell, Woodstock, um, and Alpharetta. 
So it's it's kind of in this uh, hot spot, if you will, and where there's a lot of uh, people that live there, anyways. After you know post grad and a lot of working families that live up there um, in North Atlanta. So it's it's been in our family for about 20 years. The property has, and we we kind of decided as part of planning that we would either have it developed or we would do something with it. So we had it specked out for residential development, and it wasn't quite the number that we had wanted for it. So we took some of the older uh, contextualized buildings on it and, and characterized them. And uh, one of them was a barn, and we kind of retrofitted it and, and modernized it to where it had some you know good systems on it. The county would sign off on it, and now it's going to be a wedding venue. So um, we'll do some meetups, and uh, there's a lot of businesses that are actually stationing in those areas now. So they'll have some corporate events there as well, and we'll do other social parties. But primarily, it'll be a wedding, uh, mm-hmm. a farm wedding venue. So that's kind of immediately, uh, we have another location that may be planned for Midtown within Colony Square. So we're in, in conversation cool. with the developer there. It's the same developer that did the Avalon to have us in. And it's going to be a food hall style set up there, which is going to be really unique. And it's a totally different business model. So everyone go and research that. Main and Main is what it's called. Um, so having a Midtown location, that w- that's kind of two of the things that are out on the horizon. Um, for us, you know, our goal is is to really, we looked around at our assets last year and just realized we had so many, so much food service facility under management already, and a lot of it was under capacity if you really analyze it. So for me, over the next uh, three years is to kind of enjoy the time where I'm, I'm getting my education and also to uh, build out that capacity. And I would say probably uh, along the lines of more like five years, we'd begin to open locations more rapidly. And, um, you know, I'd like to be, you know, on, on, a sh- on a short end is have seven to ten, um, kind of like a Ford Fry uh, in the hospitality mm-hmm. business around here, and continue to grow the other sides of the business, the commercial real estate we have, and then also to the uh, manufacturing that we have. And then, um, so that's that's kind of, you have short ambitions and long ambitions. If yep. I really had a stretch ambition, it would be, you know, to be the one of the largest restaurant owners in, um, in the city of Atlanta, you know, and that would be probably 20 plus units. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. To wrap up, I just want to get just one piece of advice to kind of maybe the Sawyers of the future, people who are in kind of the smaller family-based businesses, have an entrepreneurial bug, whatever. Um, What about the Scheller MBA do you think, uh, what piece of advice would you give them as they approach this program? Um, probably going back to some of the, some of what I said in terms of the mental conditioning is and kind of stretching yourself to do it because it is it's very demanding regardless of whether you're full time or you, or if you're working and going to school at night. Um, just you know to get into the program and then uh, start to kind of take it all in and making sure that you apply what you're learning as you're going through it. Don't use it as just a, a rubber stamp. You know, really focus on the application of it, even if you are in a corporate setting and it does you know that you really need that uh, diploma or degree in order for your job because um, the application of the skill is, is so unbelievable if, you, if you're willing to do that if you're willing to have that patience and, and apply yourself in that way and um, it's, it's something that a lot of people aren't focused on so you know this that's an easy one right there is to don't just take the test and forget everything you know you know take the time to really understand and lay it out in a way that you'll draw it and you'll remember it and you'll be able to go back to it. Well, you've inspired even me for my finals this week, so <laughs> we'll hope we'll hope for some retention of that stuff. Well, thanks again for being here. That does it for our focus on entrepreneurism uh, for the intersection. Join us next time. Thanks.